This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome to Radio K Pulpit. You are the Lana Willy for you. And my program is called Body Matters. And I normally chat about any topic related to the body of Christ because everyone in the body of Christ matters. So today I'm going to be chatting about the topic of spiritual warfare and God's protection. But I first want to start reading um, from John 10.10, which says, The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I came so that you may have life and life in abundance. And that is what Jesus says. He comes to give us life and life in abundance, but the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy. So before I jump straight into spiritual warfare, I just want to go and have a look at the meaning of salvation. And when I went to the Oxford Dictionary, it says salvation means preservation or perseverance from harm, ruin and loss. Isn't that amazing? So when we come to Christ and we give our life to him, it means that we are protected from harm, from ruin, and from loss. And that just contradicts, or not contradicts, that's just the opposite of what the enemy comes to do. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So what is spiritual warfare? You know, how do we do spiritual warfare? And how is God's protection over us? So as Christians, when we accept Jesus in our lives, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And the same spirit that raised the dead now lives in us. Jesus is presence. We host his presence and he is within us. And, you know, the spirit in us is perfect and it has already overcome the enemy because God has overcome the enemy and God's spirit is within us. And I just want to read John 1, 4 that says, Greater is he that is within us than he who is in the world. So you see, without the Holy Spirit in us, we are unable to stand against spiritual forces of evil. Do you know that only spirit can fight spirit? Because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities. So principalities of the spiritual realm. And Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And because of the Holy Spirit inside, us, inside of us, we have the authority and the victory to overcome the enemy. So just think about that for a second. You know, there are many people that haven't accepted Jesus in their lives and they don't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. And it says salvation is to be protected from ruin and loss. You see, when we don't have the Holy Spirit in us, we are an open target for the enemy. We don't have any armor. We don't have anything to fight evil with. As I said, only spirit can fight spirit. 
So spiritual warfare is taking up our God-given authority against the schemes and the plans of the enemy. You know, we live, as I said, in a spiritual world that is surrounded. We live in a physical world that is surrounded by an unseen spiritual world. You know, we can't see that spiritual side. So when we wage war, it's not against the natural. It's not against your husband or the person that's hurting you. But it's against a spiritual authority. And if we look at Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of the dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So think about that for a while. You know, without the spirit, we cannot fight a spiritual battle. Only Jesus can do that. Only his Holy Spirit. It's his Holy Spirit that has already overcome this world. So ponder on that while we take a short music break. And then we'll come back and talk about the army of God. Welcome back to Radio K Pulpit. If you've just tuned in right now, you're with Alana Willie for you. And my program is called Body Matters. And today I'm chatting about the principle of spiritual warfare and God's protection over us. And just before this music break, I was just saying that, you know, without the Holy Spirit inside of us, we cannot fight a spiritual battle. We cannot fight the enemy. And how many people are out there that is not saved? And who don't have the Holy Spirit inside of them, who cannot fight against the enemy. And I was coming back to the word um, of salvation. What does salvation mean? And this is so powerful. It says to, um, it's perseverance from harm, ruin and loss. So when we've got the Holy Spirit in us, we are protected against the schemes and the plans of the enemy. So let's look at the, a little bit about the army of God. You know, the truth is that the minute we give our lives to the Lord and we mature as Christians, stepping into our calling, um, we are recruited in the army of God. Each one of us who belong to Jesus is part of his army. We as the body of Christ become the hands and the feet of Jesus. And our purpose is to destroy the kingdom of darkness and to establish the rule and reign of God's kingdom on this earth. And when I say, why do I say on this earth? The reason is because the Lord says when he comes, he will, he will establish heaven on earth. And we are his hands and feet. So our mission is to establish heaven on earth and to set every person free that is bound to the kingdom of darkness, making disciples of all nation. Our purpose is to establish a kingdom culture on this earth. In other words, as we are taking back land, the more the more people come to Christ, the more people who give their lives to Jesus and the Holy Spirit transforms them into the image of Christ because that is what the Holy Spirit's function is. Um, the more people God can use, the, the bigger the body of Christ becomes and we establish a culture. That's God's culture. We start um, bearing the fruits of the Spirit, kindness, gentleness, patience, joy, peace. And, you know, the more people 
that are saved on this earth, the greater God's kingdom can be. Because it says the kingdom of God is ever increasing. It's getting bigger and bigger. And that is how we establish God's kingdom on this earth. We take land back for God, for his kingdom. And we can only do that while being obedient to the will of God and overcoming evil with good. You know, one of the biggest spiritual warfare things that we can do is not to fall for the trap of the enemy, not to fight evil with evil, but to overcome evil with good. Now, let's look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9, 13. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just want to stop there quickly. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know that Bill Johnson wrote this book, um, Heaven Invading Earth. And that's so powerful because it, what it's actually saying is God wants to establish what is already in heaven on earth. Now think about heaven. No one in heaven is sick. No one in heaven is suffering. No one in heaven is um you know, down and out, depressed. And what God is saying is when we pray that prayer, we're saying, Lord, even while we are on this earth, let us live as if we are in heaven. And that is possible. You see, because that is God's will to establish heaven on earth, that we can live on earth already as if it is in heaven. So how do we do spiritual warfare? You know, when you and I take up our God-given purpose, we are doing spiritual warfare by preaching the gospel of the good news to the unsaved, by praying for others' salvation and leading them to Christ. You see, the more people we lead to Christ, the bigger the kingdom of heaven becomes, the king, his kingdom. And so many people, when I ask them, you know, where is the kingdom Where's God's kingdom? They say, oh, no, it's in heaven. No, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. The minute you and I give our lives to Jesus, he establishes his kingdom within us. And it says the kingdom of God is not just a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. His kingdom is in the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So we carry the kingdom of God within us. And the more we are transformed in God's image, the more His culture is established. And I just want to give an example of this. Say, for instance, if you live in Italy and, and you know, the Italians have got their own culture, they make pizza, they got their own wine or whatever. They got their own mannerism, the way of life, the way they do things. And it's the same with God's kingdom. When we become his children, we no longer belong to this world. We belong to his world, even though we are still in this world. But our purpose and our mission is to create the kingdom culture on this earth. The more we live and become like Jesus... And the more people are saved, the bigger his kingdom. 
the kingdom of light is established on this earth as not just a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. And the more people become, say for instance, all the Italians go and live in Spain, they can live in any other country and they establish their kingdom there, the greater the Italian kingdom will be or culture. And that is exactly with Jesus. That is his heart for us. It's to pray for others, lead them into salvation, baptize them in water. Because it says by baptizing them in water and praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, by making disciples out of all nations. You know, in the end of Matthew, it says, go out to all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that was God's greatest commandment for each and every one of us is to make disciples. And, you know, when we pray for healing and deliverance over people, we destroy the hold that Satan has over their lives. And that is spiritual warfare. Anything that we do that goes against what Satan has planned, we are doing spiritual warfare. You know, even by teaching others the word of God and helping them to mature in Christ is spiritual warfare. By representing Jesus through the conduct of our lives without even saying a word, you know, that is doing spiritual warfare. Um, by using our God-given gifts and stepping into our calling um, so that others will benefit from our calling. And just on that note, you know, God has given each one of us gifts. And the minute we start operating in our gifts for him, we are doing spiritual warfare. Do you know that when you sing, when you declare, when we worship, we are doing spiritual warfare? Um, You know, there's a scripture talking about worshiping, even praise and worship, um, if you think about the story of David and King Saul, when King Saul was, um, he was tormented by evil spirits. And every time Saul would play on his harp and, and do praise, he would praise God. Those evil spirits couldn't stand um, in the presence of that worship. And therefore, every time we praise and worship God, every time we, we, we are thankful, every time we declare his goodness, we are doing spiritual warfare because our words carry power and authority, operating in the gifts of the spirit, encourage and strengthen the body of Christ. You know that God gave us our gifts, not just for ourselves, but he had given it to us to benefit the people around us. And every time we don't take up our gifting and our calling, we are actually doing an injustice to the people around us. And God placed us um, in a situation, surrounded us with the people so that we could influence them, so that our gifts would benefit them and their gifts would benefit us. And, you know, when we don't walk in our gifts or we don't pursue it for Jesus, it's actually quite selfish because we are depriving other people of that, of how God wants to use us. You know, every time we take up our God-given authority and when we bind the enemy, you know that we've got authority over the enemy. The enemy actually doesn't have any power over us. He's got no legal right over us. The only legal right the enemy has is what we give him. And um, because he is already defeated and we've got God's spirit in us and the spirit has already overcome this world. And, you know, another way in which we do spiritual warfare is being led 
um, and obedient to the Spirit of God and living the kingdom way of, uh, of life. You know, when we are obedient to God, um, we can walk into His fullness. You know, God can use us powerfully to accomplish His will, not our will, but His will on this earth. And this is just a few examples of how we can do spiritual warfare. And you know what? Every time we do this, we are damaging the kingdom of darkness. You know, that prayer is, is also a very powerful weapon. You see, we are told to put on the armor of God and pray in the spirit in all occasions. That's what the word of God says. Pray, pray. When we pray, it says that the angels, the spiritual beings, heeds to the word of God. The best prayer that you and I can do is to to pray scriptures, to pray God's word. And in Psalm 103, verse 20, it says, Bless the Lord, all his angels, you mighty ones who carries out his plans and listens to each of his commands. You know, when we declare the word of God over our lives and pray according to his word, we set the angels in motion to act upon it. They act upon the word of God. And the word of God is truth. And truth overcomes the lie. You know that the enemy is called the um, the father of lies. And every time we declare the truth, we pray the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is the word of God. We are overcoming a lie. We are we are actually um, we doing warfare against that because the spirit of, of in, inside of us is called the spirit of truth. And the enemy is called the father of lies. So we overcome the lies with the truth, with the word of God. You see, the enemy will even use and work through people. Sometimes, you know, the enemy will try and harm us. And and that is through people, through their words, through, through things. But one of the biggest ways to overcome, as I said, the enemy is to do good, even when we don't feel like it. And... Um, a second scripture on how we could deal with people because people, the enemy doesn't just come, you know, the devil just doesn't present himself and say, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to battle against you now. No, he uses people and often the people close to you. And um, what does the Bible say about this? It says, first of all, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. So we we have got no right or authority to fight um, evil with evil. Because God says he will do it. But in Matthew 5, 44, it says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Once again, spiritual warfare is overcoming evil with good. We should also pray for our enemies. And this is sometimes so hard. I don't know. As human beings, we, um, you know, we are human. You know, when you're angry, you're angry. Who wants to pray for the person that hurts you? But you know what? When we are strong in Christ, when we do good to them, you know, it is spiritual warfare. And we are taking authority over the principalities. You know, I asked God once, why do we need to pray for our enemies? 
And the thing is, you know, it's not the enemy. It's not the person. It's the principality. It's the, the, the thing that's operating within. It's that spirit within him. And you know what? When we pray for that person, we take authority over the principalities that are operating in and through them. As I said, we must remember our battle is not against flesh. And um, in Luke 6, um, 33, it says, And if you do good to only those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that. You know, sinful people love people that adore them, love them. But if you don't like them, they're not going to like you. But as Christians, we are different. We are set aside. And you know what? It's not the way you feel. Sometimes we need to override the way we feel. How many times have we been in situations when you're so angry, you don't want to do good? I don't know how many times I've I've been angry with my husband and then I, I hear God say, make him coffee or do something nice. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And you know what? Sometimes we are so stubborn. But when we're obedient and we do that, we do that small gesture of kindness, you know, and it's not about how you feel. Sometimes you need to override what you feel and choose to do what is good or right. And that is true worship to God. God honors that. He knows you are actually doing warfare against your own emotions. And you know that sometimes our emotions can be the most unpredictable part, unreliable. We can never go with our emotions because one day we're up, the next day we're down, the next day we're happy, the next day we're sad. So we cannot rely on our emotions. We've got authority. And I know Joyce Myers has got a book, Managing Your Emotions. Don't allow your emotions to manage you. Manage your emotions. And so that is being... Um, taking up your authority, doing what is right. It's a deliberate act of spiritual warfare. And I know God loves that. You know, he will reward you even when you when you feel like you don't want to do it. And 10 to 1, everything else works out perfectly. You see, we have everything inside of us, the Holy Spirit, to overcome the enemy. And in Romans 8, 3, um, 37, it says, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus who loves us. It doesn't say we are more than conquerors in ourselves. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, his spirit inside of us. So when we are facing a spiritual battle, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us and help us. It is only because of him that we are victorious. Remember what I said before? If you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you cannot fight any spiritual battle. Because how can human flesh fight against spirit? You need the Holy Spirit to fight the spiritual battle because our weapons are not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities. It's a spiritual realm we're fighting in. So without the Holy Spirit, we are actually um, powerless against the enemy. But with the Holy Spirit inside of us, we are already victorious because God's Spirit inside of us is greater than the enemy. And isn't that powerful? To know with God, not by power, not by might, but by His Spirit, we have already won the battle.
So think about that. We're going to take a short music break and then we're going to talk about the protection of God. Welcome back to Radio K Pulpit. You're with Alana Ulifir. My program is called Body Matters. And today I've just been talking a little bit about spiritual warfare. How can we do spiritual warfare? And I just want to touch on God's protection over us um, because it goes hand in hand. You know, even though we are fighting a spiritual battle, but with God inside of us, because of salvation, we are already protected by Jesus, by his presence, by his spirit inside of us. And I just want to start with reading Psalm 91. And it says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadows of the Almighty. And I'll say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands and that you will not strike your feet against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. You know, the Lord is our protector. And when we belong to a mighty God who is all-powerful and all-knowing, we can't go wrong. You know, in Romans 31, 1, it says, If God is for us, Who can be against us? You know, he cares about his children in every detail of our lives. And in this world, we are prone to all kinds of hardships because he says, the Bible says, if you want to serve God, um, you know, you will suffer. There will be hardship. There will be trouble and persecution. But if God is on our side, we can trust and rely on him to deliver and protect us. You know, God is in control of everything, every situation. He knows the beginning from the end. And there's power, there's power in the name of Jesus. And I want to talk a little bit about the name of Jesus. You know, in Proverbs 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Just his name, Lord Jesus It's a strong tower. It says the righteous run into it and they are safe. You see, a tower is a high and safe place, which is normally part of a fortress where watchmen would stand and guard the city. And they would sound an alarm whenever the danger came near. 
You see, the Lord is our tower and refuge in times of trouble. And as we read in Psalm 91, 1 to 2, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the highest will rest in the shadows of the Almighty. And I will serve the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now, I just want to go back to what I said earlier on. What is salvation? Just go look it up in the Oxford Dictionary. It's to be protected and kept safe from harm. When we are saved, God's hand of protection is upon us. You see, calling on the name of the Lord during times of trouble is powerful because there's power in the name of Jesus. It says that his name is above all names. And I want to read Philippians 2, 9 to 11 that says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above all names, that at the mention of the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, demons shudder. They shudder hearing his name. And in his name they are cast out. You know, you can only cast out demons in the name of Jesus. And when we pray, it's in the name of Jesus. Because there's power in his name. And it says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So when we are in a situation where we need God's help, we need his protection. And sometimes you don't have the words, just call upon the name of Jesus. And there's that song that goes, there's power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain. And that is such a powerful song. And in Luke ten seventeen, it says, The 22 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. In the name of Jesus, we have authority over Satan, over the principalities of darkness. And Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that powerful just to call upon the name of the Lord? You see, whenever we're in trouble, we can call on the name of Jesus. And by doing this, we are acknowledging that without him, we are powerless against the enemy. And Psalm 91, 14 to 15 says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. Just acknowledging that Jesus is Lord, that he is powerful, that he is almighty. It says he will call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Why? Because he acknowledges my name, says the Lord. You see, God's name is the name above all names. And it's powerful. And as I said, sometimes you don't know what to say. But Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling upon you. Jesus, help me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. You know that even when we go through difficult times, the Lord says he will be with us 
in times of trouble. Sometimes he does not always deliver us out of trouble. But in the midst of all the trouble, he will protect us. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in a storm. Things are going on around us. It's chaos. And, you know, our lives, I mean, if we look at the world today and we look around us, how many things are going on. And you know what? We are prone to all of this. But we have Jesus. He's with us through all of this. And in Isaiah 43, verse 2, it says, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isn't that powerful? Sometimes we say, Lord, take us out of it. We don't want to be here. Just get us out of this mess. But God says, no, go through the mess and I will be with you in the mess and I will protect you. You know, the Lord also says that he will uphold us and help us in times of trouble. You see, he does not want us to be afraid, even though we go through fearful situations in our lives. Sometimes, you know, you get a bad report and, you know, many people struggle with fear. You know, there are fear, there's natural fears, um, you know, fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of what's going to happen. You know, we are all human and we all struggle with fear. You know, none of us are perfect. But God doesn't want us to fear because fear opens a door for the enemy. And I think about Job, that saying Job, that says, the thing I feared the most came upon me. And I often think about that when I'm in a fearful situation. You know, sometimes fear is the what if. It hasn't happened yet, but we are fearful of something that hasn't even taken place. And sometimes the more we fear, the more we actually we can create that fear to actually come to pass. So let's quickly read Isaiah 41, 10 to 11. The Lord says, do not fear. Okay, and this is now in a situation where you are you, you're battling. It says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be nothing and perish. You know, another beautiful scripture in Psalm 91 verse 7 says, A thousand may fall on your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Isn't that beautiful? In the midst of chaos and destruction, the Lord will protect us. You see, we need to put our trust in God in times of trouble and stand firm knowing that God is working behind the scenes. You know, sometimes we think, God, where are you? Where are you? Why aren't you helping me? But you know what? God hears our prayers and he knows the situations that we are in. And sometimes God just wants us to wait upon him. Um, you know what? He's got it already. <laughs> He's got it. In Exodus fourteen thirteen to 14, it says, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you 
and you will hold your peace. I don't know about you, but I've I've been in a situation where, you know what, I'm praying for someone who is really like in a life and death situation. And all of a sudden you pray and then it's just like you get absolute peace. Everything's going to be okay. It's just that knowing that everything is going to be fine. It's the peace in the midst of the storm. And that is God's peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts and minds. And I don't know if many of you as Christians have just been like everything is falling around you. It, it feels like and all of a sudden you just got that peace. You just got a knowing it's okay. No matter what you see for everything falling around you, just know everything's going to be okay. God has got it. Um, and in Psalm 91, 11 to 12, it says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your feet against a stone. And I just want to, I'm nearly at the end, and I, I want to talk about also the armor of God. You know that God gives us an armor to put on every day. Um, you know, God wants to protect us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and even financially. And as we put on our physical clothes every day, God says, put on your spiritual clothes because every day we are in a spiritual battle. And um, as children, we are enlisted in God's army and we cannot go into battle without protection. And that's not our protection, it's God's protection. And that is called the armor of God, the protection gear. And in Ephesians 16 to 18, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the schemes of the enemy. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but the rulers against the authorities, against the power of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand firm, put on the belt of truth. Buckle around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and your feet fitted with the readiness that you come from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit in all occasions with all kinds of requests. When this in mind, be alert and, and always keep on praying for the entire, for this is for the entire of the Lord's people. And I, I just want to end off with that. You know, we have got God's armor. He's given it to us. It's a spiritual protection. It's a spiritual armor. You know, every morning when I um, would take my kids to school in the morning, that would be a kind of prayer time. And we would clothe ourselves, I would clothe them, you know, with the with the armor of God, so that no weapons formed against them shall prosper. You know, we put it on because the best time to pray is in the morning, to put that clothing on as you put on your clothes, your physical clothes, put on your spiritual clothes and trust that God is fighting your battles for you. 
So I just want to end off. I just want to pray for you and um, for any of you. And my heart is today, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you are an open target for the enemy. You don't have the Spirit of God in you that has already overcome this world. And you know what? Sometimes life may seem good because, you know, I'm a good person and things are going great. I don't really need God. But you know what? Sometimes when we look from from a Christian perspective, if you look at non-believers or people that don't hasn't given their lives to the Lord, sometimes things look great in their lives. And you know what? I've just realized that the enemy will not bug you. He's not interested when you are not saved because most people are in self-destruct. He knows he doesn't need to, but the minute you want to give your life to the Lord, then you become a threat to the enemy. But when you don't have God's spirit in you, if you haven't accepted Jesus, you're not a threat to the enemy. But today I want you to be a threat to the enemy. And I want you to overcome with God's spirit in you. You are victorious. Without God's spirit, the another spirit of God inside of you cannot die because God is the same today as he was yesterday. When you have God's spirit inside of you, you have life and life in abundance. And today I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you today. If you want to give your life to the Lord, just repeat after me. Father God, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. I repent today of everything that I've done. I commit my life in your hands. I want you to be Lord and God over my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that I am your child. I surrender my life in your hands. Use me, Father. Protect me, Father. Help me, Father, to be everything that you've created me to be. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer today, just share it with someone. Just tell them, because the more you share your testimony to everyone, it says you overcome. It's spiritual warfare. So share the good news with everyone. And you know that God, it says even the angels rejoice if one person comes to God. And I just want to say to you today, whoever you are, wherever you may be, wherever you are, whatever situation you are in, One day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand days on this earth. With God on your side, no one can be against you. You are more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. And may you be all blessed today. So thank you so much for listening to my program. I hope it blessed you. I hope that you will take up your gifts, that you will walk in your God-given purpose. And in everything you do, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And we'll chat again the same time next Saturday at 5. From me, Alana Willie, for you have a beautiful and blessed week. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit. 
7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.